You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. China's closed this week. Today is yeah. the Lunar New, Lunar Year, New Year Eve. Mm. It's the eve of it today, so uh, Chinese markets won't open. Hang Seng closed at lunchtime, and they won't reopen for another week. It ends mm. on February the 15th, but I think it's only a one-week closure for the markets. That's what I'm, I understand, but then again, I stand to correction. But Year of the Tiger, um, it ends on February the 15th, which is my birthday. I'm a tiger as well, so you never know. Something might happen to me this year, David. What are you? I, you uh, mean? Uh, are you, what? Go on. What am I? I'm, yeah. I'm in November. Yeah, I know. I don't but know what, what is, it means? Yeah, you have to look it up, and it is all to do with the year and <laughs> and the month and everything. But you know, um, my my birthday means I means I am a tiger. So maybe something exciting is going to happen. Maybe I won't be speaking to you again. Who knows? <laughs> you mean good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad, but you, you know what I mean. But it is important. It is an important mm. thing. Do you know how many hundreds of millions of people travel at this time of year in China? Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. the rail yeah. network and the bus network and the airlines? Can we, we can't even comprehend what goes on uh, during the next two weeks. No. It's extraordinary. No. As long as traveling is allowed, I don't know if there are any uh, restrictions or if there's been anything imposed at all. But last year, remember, we had a bit of a difficult time. But, I mean, you know, we, we underestimate the consuming power of the Chinese economy. And particularly at these, at these times and the kind of gifts they give. I don't know whether it's reflected. The markets, you know, the more I read, more and more, um, call it brokers or analysts, are turning from being negative to more neutral or slightly positive on China. Yes. Believing that, uh, obviously, if they overcome COVID, you know, if it, if they don't lock down too much, um, the other thing is if they step off on the regulatory side, which we're starting to see sides of it, they're going to stimulate their economy as well. And, um, you know, f- f- from that point of view, there's a belief that things will stabilize and you'll start to see an improvement there, particularly on the consumer side more so than other side. The other one is the property side, you know, if they can. And I don't think they're going to let that uh, collapse completely. I think they'll slowly kind of ease their way um, out of that and, uh, you know, and try and um, try and let the property sector recover. So uh, I'm not wildly bullish on, on, on China, but uh, – Probably, if you're exposed to China, I think you'll you'll start to improve from here. I would I'd, I'd avoid tech, but probably look for companies. You know the you know the LVMHs and all those businesses that sell into China, even some of the motor companies and so on. I think um, maybe that's the way to play China. But I think that if you miss China by now, it's probably too late. You know, it's too late to get out. I'm not sure. David, I don't think that you and I, uh, as we we speak from two different parts of the world, Africa and Europe, I don't think we truly understand the scale of China and the Chinese economy. I was was seeing something about this orchestra that has been um, formed uh, by this Chinese chap in in Shanghai. Most incredible choral singing um, in this vast arena, all young people, average age of about 22, 23 or something like that. 
And he said that the, he, the reason he managed to get so many young people in was because they, they, they live such a lonely existence with tens of millions of people living in Shanghai. He said, you don't quite understand how lonely it is to live in a big city like that and the scale of the, of, of the population and the, uh, the skyscrapers are going up. It, it, was, it was just fascinating. And I thought, you look at Johannesburg and you think, okay, that's, that's quite a big, that's a big city in African terms. And I look at uh, the Netherlands and occasionally I go, to London, that sort of thing. We think it's big, but I don't think we have any conception as to what is happening over there. We yeah. have to go there in order to to, to soak it all mm. up. I think. Mm. No, I, I I fully agree. We don't. You know, we first of all we don't understand the culture. No. <laughs> we we you know we we don't. We come from a uh, what do you call it? From an Anglo-Saxon background. Uh, my education was British in the sense that we were in a Commonwealth country at that stage. I don't say it was a British education, but it was a British system. And, and we've lived that kind of life. You know, we've, 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 that's how we've been brought up. So we don't understand the Chinese culture. In fact, we don't, we don't understand the African culture. And then you've got the Russians as well. So I'm saying, um, I, you know, I fully grasp that. I fully grasp what you are saying. And um, it, it's, you know, we look at it as, as this one vast, very, very vast, uh, conti- almost subcontinent, and uh, uh, we don't, you know, we don't understand how they act and 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 what the, you know, when I say the rule of law, what the government is, this is not going, to, it's never going to be a democracy. You know, I think it's no. always going to be under authoritarian rule. We would like it to be a, a democracy. We would like people to think the way that we think, but that's not going to happen. How we translate that, I don't know. You know what I mean? How do we translate that into understanding where to invest? I don't know. No, I mean, would, for example, a client phone you up and say, look, I want some exposure to, to China. I think mm. the economy is bottoming now with growth of only 3% a mm. year at the last count. What would you, what would you say? You say okay, if that's what you want, fine. Would you go to a South African uh, a company with with, with a, an associated fund that they run from there? I know a couple of companies that, that do that. Or would you try and discourage them? What's your attitude towards it? No, I wouldn't discourage them. No, I wouldn't. I I, I the way that I've I, I felt most comfortable is to look at Western companies. When I say Western company companies, we know who are dealing in. Uh, in in China, like LVMH, for and, example, you've mentioned uh, like LVMH, as yeah. I mentioned, the motor companies and there the, is that the, you know they're aspirational, but we you know we don't understand you know you you brought up a, a very very relevant point when you mentioned this coral group because we don't understand what their lives are living in maybe in a very small environment mm. where you might have other members of the family in the same environment. You know, you haven't got the big sprawling apartments or houses that we might have here. And I think it applies in Japan or some other countries as well. So we don't understand, you know, and the, the fo- your phone your becomes an access point. It becomes a whole other life for you. You know, and that's why we could never understand these alter egos, you know, when they played games or created alter egos and that could never really grasp, uh, um, you know, what was so appealing about that. So we don't know anything about it. We don't know the religion. We don't know, you know, how they interact with their parents or with their elders or with other people as well. It's it's foreign to us. So I, I, I it, it, you know, with, you know what I'm saying? So yes. um, at uh, 
at this point, I I look at our businesses and I get the I get the what's the word the feedback from them. And I look and say, oh, we're selling into China, we're selling cosmetics, we're selling motor cars, we're selling this, and so on. I can't think of any two cultures that are more different than the mm. uh, than South African uh, the South African culture and population, and um, the way that we go about our daily lives to that of, of of China. We produce the stuff and we sell it to them. They do do something with it. It's just it's just mind boggling to to, yeah. to think of how different yeah. we are. Um, and I think there's good and bad on, on, on both sides. But anyway, David, uh, Friday, yeah. Friday night was a good night. Um, it, 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 the last couple of hours, the U.S. markets yeah. really, really yeah. took off. Whether it can build on that today or this week, I don't know. Yeah. Lots of results coming out from the United mm. States. It looked a little bit to me as though people had said, OK, we've had enough now. Let's cover some shorts ahead of the weekend. Maybe there were Chinese investors who were yeah. taking a week off, uh, <laughs> covered, some, covered some shorts as well. I don't know. But it was it looked almost like an inevitability because yeah. the market was so mm. oversold. I don't look. I'm an ultra bull. I know. But I don't I think this is going to take some time to work its way through. I don't think you're going to get an immediate turnaround like we saw in March 20. I think this is going to take time. And I, and I say that because I don't think that anybody, I don't even think Powell knows what's ahead. And, and I think it's arrogant for us to actually try and guess what's going to happen. And, and, the, and the media, to a large extent, manipulate things or, or they change the headlines to suit them. You know, you listen to this Raphael Bosick. Um, or you read the interview, you know, he comes out, he says, I think there's only going to be three rate hikes. But then they start pressing him on questions. He says, well, we have to look at the data. Well, it, is it going to be 25 points or 50? Well, look, if the data says 50. So what happens that you then get the headlines, Bostic says possibility or could be 50. Now, he didn't go out to say that. So I'm saying we're playing with the headlines. At the end of the day, I don't think there's anybody who knows how this is going to unravel. We came out of a pandemic that no one knew. There was no playbook for the pandemic. You know, so the point is, there's no playbook to get out of it. We don't know what all these imbalances, uh, the problems have caused. And there have been big issues, massive issues that have been caused by this. We don't know how long that's going to last. So I'm, I, all I'm saying is that just wait, you know, let it run its course. Then we can make up our mind. Is the Fed behind the curve? How can you say that? In, in November, December last year or that, I mean, the world was still under huge pressure. We suddenly see this Omicron virus or variant come out now. Everybody goes, what do you expect the Fed to do? Oh, no, we've got to raise rates, you know. So I, I, I sometimes marvel at the criticism that comes from the elite uh, analysts or these elite economists or elite commentators, etc. I said, hold on a sec, go back. <laughs> we didn't know Omicron. Everybody was rushing for the third vaccine, the fourth vaccine, and you want to go and raise rates and just knock things. Hold on a sec, you know, just give some margin to these to 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 the to central banks. You know, not everybody is a schmuck as we say in Yiddish. You know, <laughs> you know? I mean. It's Talking so, uh, talking of uh, sh schmucks, your your f uh, favourite people, uh, Goldman schmucks. Um, yeah, their economists <laughs> came out came out over the weekend. Now, uh, not being disrespectful, it's a fine institution. Uh, 
Oh, no. uh, Goldman Sachs Group Inc.'s economists joined Wall Street peers in forecasting that the Federal Reserve, that's the US Central Bank, will raise interest rates more aggressively than they previously anticipated. This came out on Saturday, I think it was. Uh, economists led by okay. Jan uh, Hatzius now predict yeah. that the Fed will lift its near zero benchmark by 25 basis points five times this year rather than on four occasions. That would take the benchmark to one and a quarter to one and a half percent by the end of the year. We're still way behind inflation. You're still losing money yeah. if, you're a, if you're a saver. Uh, shifts are now seen by Goldman Sachs in March, May, July, September and December. And they also say that the Bank of England will raise three times this year. So... You know, they, they say these things, but it sounds like a lot. Five interest rate rises. Oh, goodness me, they are behind the curve. They're playing catch-up. That's going to disrupt the markets. All sorts of asset classes will be affected. But still, 1.5%. Come on now. It's still ultra-cheap. Money's still cheap. And it is cheap. But understand, in the 1st of January, which is 30 days ago, um, the outlook was one increase in the first six months or by May. Now it's suddenly changed, you know. So everybody is super smart now. You know, everybody's super, super bright now. Where were they last year, you know? Uh, I, I, I closed the year off as, uh, with the view that, you know, uh, rates will be low for longer. Yes. That, that was our view. Now, w what's happened? And, you know, obviously something has happened there. Something's come in the numbers. I don't know what it is, but... I'm saying everybody's just – they weren't there a year ago. They weren't there six months ago. So everybody's just kind of uh, – what's, what's the word? Uh, you know, just grasping mm. um, at any piece of that. Nobody really knows. I, even even Powell. I, you, know, you can hear from the way that he responds to questions. He's got no clear sight of what's going to happen. And I don't I, – you know, I don't think he's all that dumb. I mean, you know, he's made to be dumb. But I don't think he's, I, you know, no, no, no one wants to go back and understand where we were, the kind of situation we felt, absolute desperation when we heard about this variant or that variant. Oh, now it seems to be playing itself out. Now everybody comes out and starts saying, you know, you should have raised rates earlier. Hold on a sec. You know, we're still not out of this pandemic. <laughs> no. We're still waiting to see what the effect's going to be of Omicron. We're going to see it on Friday's job numbers. You know, they might even be negative. Why? Because people didn't want to go back to it. So what do you do now if it's a negative number? I don't, anyway. I don't, I don't so think I, it'll I be negative. Say, why don't we? But, mm. there, but there is a new mm. Omicron virus. There's a variation of the variation now, uh, which has mm. been detected mm. in the last week or so, actually since December, funnily enough, uh, in 49 countries. So that goes on. But it, again, it's less virulent than it was, uh, than all the previous iterations have been. So the, the, who knows? I don't know, David. I'm actually quite bored with it. I'm, I'm not bored in a, in a flippant way. I'm, I'm not dismissing how um. much pain and misery it's caused on a personal and uh, financial level but it is a little bit um, a little bit overplayed uh, to my mm. mind um, so yes that's the way I look at it I'm, I'm also looking at uh, the Russia Ukraine situation which rumbles on and the more yeah. it rumbles yeah. on it, it says one thing it says either it's Mr. Putin having some fun uh, because he's a, he's a little man he likes to <laughs> he likes to assert himself in other ways rather than um, uh, rather than his stature uh, so there's two ways you can look at it you can you can say well he hasn't got enough troops yet and he's not quite ready yet to go in so he's delaying or he's as i say just just mucking about with nato and and the west what do you think 
I think it's a dangerous situation and mm. it's a worry because you don't know what's in his mind. I don't think this is this is Mr. Putin. Mm. I don't think this is Russian people. No. I don't believe they are warmongering. They used to be. They used to run around on horses with and cut people's heads off. But um, <laughs> I, I, I think they've, you know what I mean? They've gone a long way from, I think they've, they've moved away from that. I don't think they really want war or hardships or sanctions against them or anything. I don't know. I don't believe they, you know, I don't think they believe that heavily. And also, you know, there are a lot of Russians. There, there are a lot of Russians in, uh, in, in Ukraine with family members in, in Russia. You know what I mean? There's, there are a lot of families there. Strangely enough, my daughter-in-law in Australia has relations in both those countries. So, so I think there is a, you know, there is. I think they would rather have peace than than go the other way than have have war. You know, it's it's almost like civil war. So, I, I, I don't understand what this is all about. And if if it's a democracy and Ukraine want to be members of NATO, well, then let it stand. So, but I, I think that, that if this does happen, it's going to be very ugly. It's not going to be good for markets because gas prices and oil prices and worries will, will, will knock, you know, will raise the dollar and knock markets. And then down the line, I think the biggest sufferers are going to be the Russian people, you know, because there's no doubt that sanctions will be, you know, imposed. And then they'll have to go to their mates, the Chinese, you know, who are only too happy. And I think the Chinese also say, well, if Putin could do this, we're going to start causing trouble in Taiwan, you know. So, I, yeah, it's a worry. I, you know, it sits badly with me. I don't like, you know, I, I would like it to go away. The then Russian... we've got that other madman also in North Korea playing with these toys. I was thinking about that over the weekend, actually, with no, with, with no, with no football matches uh, this weekend, David. No, no. I, I thought to myself, well, you know, let's have a look at the world You're watching now. watching fireworks. You, you, you had... Um, uh, Trump, who's a wannabe, who was a wannabe uh -huh. dictator, and if he gets back in, he'll become even more dictatorial. I mean, he said over the weekend at a rally in Texas, he said, um, if he if he runs and if he gets back in power, he will issue pardons for the January the sixth insurgents. I mean, I criminals, I criminals and murderers. Yeah, I know. Uh, he, he will I know. issue pardons there because they've been treated unfairly. Yeah. I thought. Is this? And you've got Putin, who's an, who's obviously he has issues. He's a very clever manipulator, uh, but he obviously has uh, serious issues. And he he's a dictator. President Xi is a dictator as well. Doesn't matter what anyone says. He's becoming more and more dictatorial. And I think the the thing about uh, China is is the example of the film The Fight Club, uh, which is popular in China. Yeah. The ending was changed to suit China, and the, the, the authorities didn't win. They've changed it to make the, the people lose and the authorities win at the end. I thought this is a very sort of frivolous example, but on the other hand, it does say something about what that is. You've got Kim Jong-un, you've got Bolsonaro. You go around the world and you think, we're being ruled yeah. by nut jobs. Yeah, you're not far wrong. I know. Unfortunately, uh, and they're quite powerful nut jobs as well in their own way. And I don't, I don't think America is all that strong to fight it. And uh, um, um, the sad thing is that if this does escalate, that just opens the way for the republics. You just hope that they're able to control and find someone else to stand against Trump. But um, at, at the moment, it looks terribly ominous. It really does. Uh, and, uh, mm, David, mm, uh, yeah. I, I agree. I, that worries me. It worries me because, 
you know, if, if, if they win the election, the midterms, and they topple the Democrats in both houses or one, then we get a lame duck president. He can't do anything. You cannot do a thing. Remember, Obama mm, could yes. not do a thing. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're quite right. Mm-mm. David, what do you know about natural gas? Because well, what is the unit of – we, we know uh, oil no. is measured in barrels and yeah. gold in ounces. But what is what is the natural gas mm. unit of incremental unit? What What is that? Do you know the price of natural gas? I'm, I'm trying to look here. It doesn't tell me. I need the basics here. British thermal units, I think. But anyway, the point. No, no, I normally I. get one of those gas cylinders, and it says nine kilograms. So I think that's how much it weighs. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's because you're <laughs> that's because you're not trading on the markets. You're going to macro to buy a cylinder, David. So I'll, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and edit out that comment if I can, because I don't want you to look silly. No, but seriously, I'm looking at uh, the oil price today know. above ninety above mm. ninety one again. And I was mm. looking at natural gas this morning. It was up nearly ten percent. Mm. Uh, yep. above Above five, it's yeah. now 4.866. I don't know what the unit is. If someone could email me, williams at fmr.co.za, mm. that would be great. But anyway, it's now 4.866. It's still up 5% on the day. It was up nearly 10% yep. today. And well, that's without any um, any warmongering yeah. from, from Russia. Because Europe can't get. No. No. Europe will not be able to get the kind of gas that it needs without Russia. Not at so the moment, So it is a no. big issue. Yeah. Uh-uh. And it's easy mm-hmm. to it, it, if you if Russia cuts off its crude oil exports, that doesn't matter. You can get it from anywhere. There's a load of it around. America mm. can supply you. Um, any Middle Eastern country can su- supply you, uh, albeit at a high price at the moment, ninety one dollars and five cents per barrel for Brent crude oil. But with natural gas, it's not that easy. Not as easy to mm. to um, to transport it and find a new source. Russia is the dominant supplier mm. in Europe, mm. and if if sanctions, are more strict sanctions are imposed on Russia, mm. I think they'll say, okay, it's going to cripple our economy, but in for a penny, in for a pound, we're going to cut off your natural gas. So they're going to be cutting their nose off despite their face, but on the other hand, mm. they'll be sticking it to the West, particularly Western Europe. It's a fascinating situation, David. Yeah, it's, it's, it's politics. <laughs> I don't think this is... It, and it's it's difficult to read, and I that's why I say I don't know Putin. I don't know what's in his head, and what the people think about him, and what he needs to do. You know, the last thing he wants to do is lose face, and that's a worrying feature. He can't retreat from the border, you know, with his tail between the legs, or his legs. So I don't know what he's going to do, and how the West is going to appease him, so that he actually withdraws. Uh, um, being seen in control or being seen to be victorious or coming away with something. I don't know. I don't know enough about the politics of that area and what this is all about. It's hard enough trying to follow markets. Well, without football, (laughs) I thought you might have done a bit of reading this weekend. And and, and what what did you read about? Tell me, because I like your stories. You know, it it came back to the same kind of of issues. All was around Powell and all was around – uh, Putin, you know, those were the main stories. What I did like, I, t- I tell you what I did like, yeah, I looked at the on. results, and and we're getting superb results coming out of some of the companies. You know, I you can't deny that, and I I'm very encouraged by what we see. You know, by by um, the results that have came, that came out of Microsoft, that came out of um, Apple. I mean, these are superb businesses, and I keep coming back. Don't don't confuse. You know, when we go to tech, we go to 
all those companies, the Zooms, the Zooms and the DocuSigns and all those other companies that, that rose, Pelotons, you know, that rose to prominence during the lockdown. But yeah. have a look at the giants. I mean, these are monster companies making monster cash and, 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 and reinvesting it. And, um, you know, when you see their importance, um, I'm, I'm one who, who, you know, I love these businesses. I don't care how powerful they get because I think, quite honestly, they're almost countries in their own way. And uh, they, they, they're responsible for a huge amount of reinvestment and creating jobs and creating, you know, being innovative. So, this is incredibly important what you're saying because uh, last mm. week I was speaking to our co collaborator mm. Nick Kunzer, and we, we spoke about the Apple numbers the day after that they were released. And, and I said, I can't quite get my head around these numbers. First of all, we know that the company has a market capitalization of three trillion. Now, I said, okay, put, put in your, in, into your calculator three trillion. <laughs> times 15.5 yeah yeah and he yeah. did it and there weren't enough noughts on the screen for him to, for him to yeah. get it but it, it, it it's enough to buy africa almost i mean the, yeah. It, yeah. it's so huge and the quarterly profit david i think he said was something like 580 the equivalent of 580 mm. billion rand in a quarter mm. Mm. is that mm. correct i could be I've, i'd have to do the conversion but these are monster companies yes and they so you know they're part of our lives. I, I, you know, yes, they want to regulate them because, uh, for various reasons, you know, politicians can't make a story out of it. And but I'm I'm on the other side. Do you know what I mean? I'm on mm. the other side in in the sense that I'm saying, hell, when I look and I did the calculation, I think I brought it up the other day. I, I looked at the top five companies, and they they invest, reinvest. In R&D, something like $148 billion. Amazon reinvested $50 billion last year. In other words, expand, expanding its operation. Now, when you think this is investment, Lindsay, this is not, you know, this is not uh, consumables. This is investment. Yeah. And what investment means is that they're growing their business. So when you grow your business, you know, you you creating a bigger platform but more than that they're offering jobs to anybody who you know qualifies or comes out of university with a technical degree an engineer whatever it is and i find that fascinating i find that absolutely you know why do you want to break it up you know why do you want to break a business that reinvests that kind of money yeah. So, um, you know, I feel, I feel very strongly about, it. you know, even the Netflix, I know that we criticize them and we go with them and but hold on a sec. They're spending a huge amount on content. And by spending that amount, you're giving actors jobs, you're giving producers, you're giving cameramen, you're giving all those people, you know, uh, you, you pay, you know, you, you, you're creating employment for them. Yeah. That's what we want to do in South Africa. We don't do anything close to that. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Numbers. I mean, I've, I've never said. Okay, if you've got a calculator in front of you, the, uh, talking about the Apple thing because these numbers, as I said yeah. said earlier on, uh, are, are boggling my mind. June quarter re record revenue eighty one point four billion US dollars. Multiply that eighty one point four billion. Eighty one point four times fifteen point um, five. Yeah, that's one point two five trillion revenue. In one quarter, yeah. yeah, 
Is that correct? That's unbelievable. That's You're talking about. I'm talking about now. rand now, yeah, uh, because yeah, I've converted one, it to one give and this a quarter context. Trillion rand. One like, and a quarter. And that was revenue, rand. and then after tax. But also, mm -hmm. they say here, um, the CFO says we generated twenty-one billion dollars of operating cash flow, and we returned nearly twenty-nine billion to our shareholders yeah. Yeah. during the quarter. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on now. I mean, I, I yeah. occasionally say, well, oh, these no. things are overbought. But when I listen to you and when I see these numbers, oh, no. I realize that if you get out of these things, you're never going to get back in again. You won't get back in. I no. agree with you. I'm not, I'm not saying – and, and again, I'm not – I would never have bought a lot of these uh, – what did you call them? Robin Hoods uh, or so many of the other businesses that uh, yes. you know are still in the development stage. Uh, don't confuse the you – know, don't confuse the argument. You know, we look for businesses that are at the forefront, that are creating, um, call it platforms, I hate that word, but I mean, you know, that, that, that they're almost infrastructure or utility type companies. You know, just, um, and just, and, and why do you want to get rid of them? You know, I, I can't understand why you would ever want to get out of these businesses uh, as long as they're giving you this kind of growth. If something else comes along, sure, you can make the switch. But, but all I'm trying to get at is that these are not uh, some of the tech companies that, uh, you know, that, that, that uh, uh, the market was scared of. Yes, they deserve to be sold down and so on, but, but not these. I'm no. just looking here. Yeah, Apple's 2.8 trillion market cap. And then comes Microsoft at 2.3 These are trillion dollars. Huh? Alphabet, Amazon, <laughs> Tesla, Meta Platforms. Uh, NVIDIA, NVIDIA, all of these. And, you know, I saw Visa's results, gains, really brilliant results. Ma MasterCard, all of these came out with very, very good numbers. So why do you want to get rid of them? No, you don't. And as I said, the, the, the key point is don't don't mess around with them just because someone on CNBC or CNN says they're, they're really no, overbought no, and no, they can't no, justify no, these valuations. No, yes, you can no, justify the valuations no, because no, uh, those valuations will keep on uh, – the, the earnings will keep up with the, with the price or – anyway – David, yep. just looking at South Africa, it's just closing now, the JSC, because uh, yep. we've overrun in time a little bit. Uh, but <laughs> they've, they've, the, the gains have been halved since the opening, which is very enthusiastic, but still a good start to the week. Uh, very good. And, and you know what's looking good here? Mm. And we've tended to dismiss it as being last year's story, is, um, you know, is, is the mining market. And those prices are holding on, and a lot of the mining analysts are very confident about where pricing will be, particularly companies like copper. They're still bullish on oil. Um, I don't understand the dynamics of the oil market, but I think it's simply because there's not enough investment going, and um, there could be problems there. But 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 most of the other metals are holding. The copper and one, I think the view. Sorry, the copper one is very interesting because we're running out of time a little bit. But the copper one is very interesting. I was speaking to a very clever chap who runs a resources fund for a major fund manager in London uh, last week. And he said, yeah, it's all very well saying, you know, these are old industries and uh, you must dismiss them. But on the other hand, electrification relies on copper, things like mm. copper. Uh, mm. So you have to have a look. You have to be clever and say, OK, not every commodity is going to go up like it did when they were so beaten up after the global financial crisis. But have a look at something like copper, for example, because mm. it, it, it is still an integral mm. part of the revolution that is going on away from fossil yeah. fuels to cleaner energy. Very important, yeah. David. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And I think we've dismissed it. But I think that's 
the market performance at the moment is pointing towards a very steady, decent market, you know, commodities. It could be, yeah, if you if you are going to play the local market here, it it certainly looks like the area to be in. It's and you know, if it goes up, it pulls up the rest of the market for whatever reason. Mm. You know, I'm not a I still think we're going to struggle here. You know, South African economy is going to battle. But I think if the commodity markets hold up, it does give us uh, you know, when I say hope, we're not going. To, we're not going to produce companies that can match the kind of growth that we see in technology companies. But it will hold up. You know, it, it'll hold well. Your your danger, Lindsay, is that is the rand. You know, because I, I, if you think about it logically, if you are going to get into four, five rate hikes, uh, whatever it is, it's going to draw money into the dollar. Yes. You know, it will draw money, and it's going to draw money away from. So it just becomes. It's not necessarily rand weakness; it's dollar strength. So you will get that move. That's a very good point, uh, David. It's a mm-hmm. transfer deadline day, last minute or so. Uh, transfer deadline day, um, and um, there's certain people say that normally this it turns out to be a damp squib, but they say that there's going to be quite a bit of action in the next few hours between now and midnight UK time, for example. And your mate, Obama Yang, that errant uh, ex-captain of yours at Arsenal, he looks as though he's going to Barcelona on loan. And Barcelona, poor things, my dear Barcelona, they bought Usman Dembele from uh, Bayern Munich for £96.5 million. Uh, he's got six months of his contract left. He's not <laughs> playing. If they sell him, then they'll get £18 million for him. What a waste. <laughs> What a terrible <laughs> example of profligacy. Terrible. I know, I know. It's appalling. Know. But anyway, it'll be, a, I, it'll I, be a fun few hours. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> what can I say? I don't know. All right. I, you know, we, uh, you've got to read that book. I'm enjoying it so much, this, this Barcelona. If you can't get hold of it. No, I've got it, it on... It um, just I've got it. You. I, have you? Yeah, I've got it on, I'm, not in I'm hard copy. It. I listen to it at night. I mean, I, listen, I ration myself to I one chapter it. a night. I, yeah. Extraordinary, the Johan Cruyff story. It was yeah. in, incredible what goes on yeah. at the, that but place and how they've fallen the apart book, now. Yeah. Mm, terrible. Yeah. But if you go through the whole book, he takes you behind the scenes of how players interact with each other, their training, their eating, the different idiosyncrasies. I found it fascinating. I really enjoyed it. It's a good look. You know, you can use it for any club. It's a good, deep look into the uh, into the profession. Yeah, but mm. also it does illustrate okay. how powerful Messi was and how it was. There's no such yeah. thing as a one-man club, but he was he was getting close to it. He dominated. He influenced. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, David, thank you very I much. You're, you're going to New York this okay. week, I understand. No, no, two weeks. Oh, two weeks, son. Okay, thank goodness. Yeah, so yeah, I've got you on Thursday. Yeah, I'm still here. All right, jolly uh, good. In that okay. case, uh, we'll speak okay. then. That's David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.